Thanks for tapping into The Shift is Real, a podcast where we have casual conversations about growth, discuss stories of personal transformation, and share moments of insight. I'm your host, Tiffany Wright. I'm so grateful to have you on this journey and excited to talk about these shifts. So let's get into it, y'all. Please be advised, explicit language may be used. Hey y'all, thanks for tapping into another episode of The Shift is Real. I am your host, Tiffany Wright, and as always, I'm so grateful to share this space and talk about some shifts, some growth, and some transformation. It's been some time since I've done a solo episode, and I am super excited. Um, You know, if you've been listening. I've been playing recordings of the Travel and Transformation series. All of these episodes have been recorded last year and, you know, kind of went on a little hiatus (laughs) and had them just sitting um, on the computer. And so I've been releasing them. There are about four more left. Um, But I wanted to grace y'all with some reflections that I recently had on a vacation. So I love national parks. I love national parks. I've been to 16 out of 60. I think it was either 63 or 64. And every time... I feel like my mind is blown. I feel like, well, most of the time, not every time. Most of the time, I feel like my mind is blown. Oh my goodness, I can't believe this exists. Oh my goodness, this is so powerful. That That's what I feel like I experience when I go to national parks, okay? So being in California, we have, I think it's uh, six or seven national parks which is quite a bit for one state. And California is huge. I mean, California is really big. A lot of times when people have never been to California um, or they're not from the U.S., when they think of California, they automatically think of beach. They automatically think of L.A. um, and maybe like San Francisco. (laughs) Maybe they think of Hollywood. But let me tell y'all, California is such a diverse state. I mean, not just, you know, in people, but in land and climate and topography. Um, You have mountains, you have snow with the mountains, you have rain, you have valleys, you have basins, you have deserts, you have luscious deserts, you have just like pretty sandy deserts, you have really, uh, you know, mountainous deserts. You have beach. Um, You have some beaches where the water is really cold and other beaches where the water is not so cold. You know, we have tons of mountain ranges here. We have forests. We have everything that you can really think of. And the other thing about California is, is, I mean, a large part of it is just farmland to grow crops, you know, that support, yes, our livelihood here, but a lot of things that we grow in California get sent to other parts of the U.S. You know, of course, we have thousands of acres of land dedicated to growing grapes that are used for wine. I mean, biodiversity here is expansive. Tiffany, why are you giving us (laughs) a lesson on California? Well, I'm glad that you asked. This goes to my vacation. Um, I decided to stay in California and do a series of places within one vacation and within one road trip. So I am in Inglewood, so let's just say LA. I'm in LA. Um, Me and my bestie, we drove up to Yosemite National Park, which I had never been to before. It was a six and a half hour drive. Stayed there for a couple of days. Then we drove down the coast. So Yosemite is 
inland. Okay, so it's 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 central uh, east ish. Okay, from LA. So then we drove back down to Santa Barbara, which is a coastal city, um, going back down south towards LA. It's about an hour and a half out of LA. Um, and that was a <laughs> seven hour drive. Um, then uh, I spent a couple of days in Santa Barbara, then dropped her back off in LA and got right back on the road to go to Palm Desert. Um, Palm Desert is like a really big area within it are cities like um, or areas like Yucca Valley where Joshua Tree is, which is a national park. Um, this is also the area where Coachella happens, you know, big music festival, and then the very popular Palm Springs. Um, the area that I was in was called like Quinta, La Quinta, La Quinta, excuse my Spanish, um, which is a city, but it's also like a resort um, and also a line of hotels <laughs> um, all over the country. But um, so I went from, you know, city, right, LA to forest, Yosemite, to beach, Santa Barbara to desert, <laughs> um, Palm Desert, and then um, ended my vacation in the city in Anaheim, uh, a city of Anaheim to go to Disneyland. So it was, it, I'm telling you, like when I go to national parks or I go to these just places that I deem special in California, I really be like, man, California is special. But it was something about this trip. I don't know. It was something about this trip that made me just really love it here. And this is the thing. I've been sitting in the consideration of moving from not only Los Angeles, but California for like the last two years. And when something comes up for me, you know, it's important for me <laughs> to distinguish between like my just desire and antsiness um, or like my intuitive self saying, yes, this is the next step. And it was something about this trip that really gave me this insight of you're going to be making some different steps, but you're not going to go as far as you thought, or you're not going to go as far as you think you need to. And so I want to talk about my shifts that happened on this trip. It was really, really special to me. And I didn't even have to get on a plane, you know? So Oh, I'm going to take a deep breath. Mm. I'm going to start with Yosemite. Now, when I travel, I set intentions and I usually have my journal. I usually bring a book and oftentimes I might bring a coloring book. So I'm going to dabble in any of those things, but I'm definitely always going to journal because reflections always come up. And I have learned that if you truly ask questions, the answers will be revealed, but you gotta be still to be able to listen and understand what's being communicated to you. How is it going to be communicated to you? It can be communicated through dreams, through just feelings in your gut. It can be communicated through another person giving you confirmation of something that you had already been thinking. 
It can be communicated from a stranger telling you something and just a quote unquote coincidental moment. You pulling up a video or hearing a song that speaks to the thing that you're asking questions of. Um, it could be in a, an epiphany that you have looking at something in nature. Um, there's there's just so many sources of insight. There's so many sources of cosmic and divine intelligence. You know, I think that there are things communicated through nature, through your spirit, through your ancestors, through your guides, um, through the cosmos, all kinds of things. Um, so let's start with Yosemite, okay? Now, one of my greatest joys of going to national parks is learning how it was created, like learning about the formation and how the formation came to be, you know. Um, we exist in this current time, but the thing about national parks, even before they became registered national parks, the formations of these parks have always been around <laughs> in the sense of they their their creation, their presence, their existence goes way beyond just like normal human existence, okay? So a lot of these structures, you know, can be dated as back to like ice ages and certain, you know, different time periods of that nature. And so one thing that I know about me is I love understanding uh, origin story, if, if, if you so say. <laughs> I love understanding the origin. Where did that come from? Why are you showing up this way? What happened to you? What shaped you? What impacted you? Like, I am deeply fascinated with the reasoning of why what you see and interact with in this moment in time what events led to this? And this has to do with human behavior. This has to do with, um, oh, wow, why did that artist create that? Or wonder what made them move this restaurant here? Like, it, it, it is a thing. I love origin story. I love history. I love learning, you know, the process, okay? And it's all very well connected. Um, so all that to say, I feel like, going to national parks and understanding what the story is, uh, it always just does something to me. So first off, Yosemite, <laughs> this is wild. I mean, again, I've only been to 16 parks, so I don't know if it's like this at any of the other larger parks. But let me tell you, first off, this is going to be an annual trip for me. Like I have... I already have the annual Disneyland trip that I make during the Christmas season. Um, this is going to be an annual summer trip for me. Like I have already decided, <laughs> like it is very much a thing. And secondly, people live in Yosemite, like the actual <laughs> park people live. It's huge. Okay. I can't tell you like numbers and acreage and it's this big and all that. I don't know how many miles it is. I don't know, but it's huge. Okay. It's huge. Um, there are homes there. There is a hospital there. There is a whole little quote unquote village. Um, I mean, that has like a police station, you know, they have a marketplace, they have like a little market, and then they have like a full service grocery store. I'm saying like with a produce and meat section, y'all. Like I saw things in that grocery store that I definitely wouldn't have thought I would have saw. Like what? 
like yams. They had candy yams, like the ones in the can. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, don't worry. But they had candy yams in the can. They had greens in the can. They had um they had uh Zatarans, um dirty rice mix and jambalaya, okay? Again, if you don't know what I'm talking about, no problems, no problems, but these <laughs> are foods that are typically associated with like a uh, uh, soul food or like Cajun food, food that in general, yes, it's not just black folks, but a lot of black folks eat. So for me, I was just like, wow, you know, they're having foods that um, target all types of people, right? Like they had a whole section of like different Asian foods, of different like uh, Latino, you know, foods. Uh, they had Latinx foods, excuse me. They had a whole section um I mean, standard like Italian food and stuff like that. But yeah, it was just a whole mix. Okay, this is not about the food. <laughs> um, they had uh, like a coffee bean, like a couple little restaurants, eateries. This was advanced, okay? Going to a national park that had conveniences for daily life, um, like six different types of lodges on site, a high-end hotel to like mid-tier to like glamping experience. So like just here's your spot for your tent. Um, so it was just that that was very cool. Okay. During the time the summer is wildfire season. During the time there was a wildfire going on. So the quality of the air was not the best however comma it was still beautiful okay i was still going to get some hikes in i saved all these trails so i i was going to get some some hikes in okay now about yosemite the valley in and of itself so what i learned was that it was all glaciers all glaciers okay um, during ice age, essentially. So over time, um, of course, ice caps, uh, the glaciers melted um, because of climate, things changing. Um, we have earthquakes that separated glaciers. Um, but the three events that really created the valley and keep the valley in formation now are fires, rock slides, and flooding. So this is what I want to talk about today, okay? I spent 17 minutes and 23 seconds to get to this. <laughs> I mean, this is part of what I'm going to talk about. Maybe I'll do a part two. I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to do a part two. Fire, flooding, and rock slides. So the fires, um, the fires allow certain trees to be growing, right? Like certain trees to get their nutrients like sequoias. Sequoias are trees. And I did learn this when I went to Sequoia National Park, but sequoias are trees that um, the seeds that they hold in their trunks and their bark um it benefits from fires because it allows the seeds to like spread and nourish the soil to grow more trees. Um, so the burning of trees is actually uh, natural and necessary for more trees to be produced and for the trees um, to get the nourishment that they need. That's one role of fire. Another role of fire is burning out, um, I guess, you know, foliage or fauna that's in the valley to continue to make space. So you burn what's there or what is there is burned to make more space, okay? We have the rock slides. There are huge, I mean, mind-blowing size boulders everywhere, okay? And this happens because the rocks are sliding or falling 
from what you think is like a mountain, but you know, they're the, they're the glaciers. They're just rock now, right? Like there's no ice. Um, but the rocks slide um, from different parts because of earthquake and also because of flooding. Um, this helps keeps the structure and the formation, okay, as well. The flooding, it will help carry nutrients down the valleys, help um, create spaces in the glacier or the rock, the stone, whatever you want to call it, um, which then continue to go back to helping the rock slides. It's this whole, you know, Lion King circle of life, okay? But the point that I took away was fire, flooding, and rock slides. These are events that can be seen as natural disasters by earthlings, right? By humans. <laughs> but they are only just natural occurring events that are necessary for the formation, growth, and consistent transformation of this ecosystem. Like it's necessary. The fire, the burning is necessary. The flooding, the washing away is necessary. The rock sliding is necessary. And that was just so powerful to me. The notion that what we can view as disaster is actually helpful. I mean, think of all the ways that that could be applied, right? In our lives, when it feels like we're having our own rock slides and things are like tumbling down and piling up on us can have this feeling of, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. This is too much. I can't handle this. This is horrible. But like, what is experiencing that forming? Flood. I am overwhelmed with all this madness. I'm overwhelmed with all this stuff. What is being carried out? What is being passed along to, to nourish you? The fire, it's chaos, it's burning. Everything is going away. Everything is up in flames. I have no control, it's chaos. But what is being, what space is being created? What space is being cleared for something new? And let me tell you, it just, it did so much for me to, to receive that message from nature. Now, this is the thing though, because none of these events happened while I was there, right? But it was the message or the lesson that I learned um, in obtaining this information. And so for myself in this season of my life, as I mentioned, you know, I was considering moving, um, starting over, making space is fine, is necessary, need some new. Allowing myself to nourish different parts of my life and, and I have a little destruction go on. That's fine. You know, wash some things away. Totally fine. Have some things fall that don't serve me or relationships that um, they, they just got to the place where they needed to go, right? Or maybe parts of relationships are falling or reforming. Um, it, it could just be applied so many ways. It really was mind-blowing and it continues to be mind-blowing, which is why I wanted to share it with you. I am constantly working on the idea of accepting that 
plans don't always happen. I am constantly working on accepting that control is not black and white, right? Like there's so much that you don't have control over and there is quite a bit that you do have control over and finding the balance and balance in that because um, you could see it from the perspective that everything in life is up to chance, right? That you don't have control absolutely over anything. Even when it comes to certain aspects of yourself, right? Like you can't control every single aspect of your health. You can't control every single thought. You can't control all the functionings of your body, right? But there there are some things that you can control. And for me, because I am such an intentional person and I am such a visionary, I am a very goal-oriented person, um, or I used to be a very goal-oriented person. Let, let me say that. I am goal-oriented, comma, listen, y'all seeing me reframe in the moment. <laughs> I am goal-oriented. However, my life is not controlled by goals the way that it used to be because I have learned the value of accepting that timing matters, that alignment matters, that purpose matters that um, getting what you want versus getting what you really need is something that can impact your life, right? So all these things have reconfigured my relationship with um, planning and control, so to speak, right? So the idea of embracing destruction (laughs) or natural disaster, Um, the idea of embracing chaos like fire or the falling and release like a rock slide or the washing away or passing down like a flood is a very important lesson for me. I like to stay away from chaos. I grew up in chaos. I really like to stay away from chaos. Like, I really like to stay away from chaos. As much as I love my parents in different ways, you know, I grew up in the house of a lot of yelling and folks cussing each other out. <laughs> Um, alcoholism, like some pretty extreme circumstances around PTSD, um, sometimes, you know, emotional instability, um, like a lot of chaos. So part of the reason why I'm so like pro peace and ease is Because I've been dedicated, when I say dedicated, I mean really dedicated for the last 15 years around creating peace for myself. And that's mainly come through mindfulness and intentionally learning tools on how to regulate my system, my nervous system. So... Me getting exposure to and interacting with chaos, it it doesn't necessarily revert me back to old experience. Um, However, it just doesn't feel like something that I want. So when I think about embracing chaos, when I think about embracing um, overwhelm, embracing loss, embracing the passing down, embracing the falling of things. I know cerebrally, I know intellectually, um, these are just life events. Spiritually, I know that they all have a function. They all have a purpose. 
Um, but just like physically, I'm like, I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> but learning about the value and importance of the fire floods and rock slides <sighs> put some things in perspective you know put the value of making space in perspective putting the value of moving from one place to another perspective put the value of letting things fall and release, you know, into perspective. And so I hope that my reflection on not just the notion of fire, floods, and rock slides um, could leave an impact on you, but also the notion of or the power of perspective, Right, like seeing a fire or a flood or a rock slide as something harmful or destructive or a disaster is one perspective, right? But seeing it as an integral part of life and growth and space and nourishment of an ecosystem and environment of your life is a different perspective. And it's not about what they say, silver lining, right? But it's it's about knowing that oftentimes there are multiple ways to see a circumstance. And we self very included can get caught up in looking at a circumstance from one perspective from one point of view you know um i'd like to think of myself as an open-minded person and a person open to other perspectives however sometimes in my relationships i do carry a sense of no, I know what this really is, right? And and sometimes I'm really, really right. But sometimes <laughs> it is really, really important to understand like there is another perspective, you know, understanding from a place of empathy, compassion, gentleness. Um, and so when we think of events that happen in our lives, whether they're shifts, whether they're transitions, whether they are, you know, things that happen in our relationships, being able to garner the ability to look at our circumstances from multiple perspectives, I think is also something that is really powerful. And the reframe, right? The reframe of disaster or destruction to necessity for nurture and growth. Ooh, I mean, that's powerful. Is that, it's powerful to me, okay? So I'm offering that to you. Now this trip, it, it gave, it gave so much y'all. It gave so much, which is why I said I'll do a part two. Um, I, did this trip because I had a good friend who was scheduled to get married during that time, meaning like she was, you know, throwing her wedding and it was already going to kind of be a mini, mini getaway. And so this was what was in Palm Desert. And so at first when I was looking at that week, I was like, well, I guess I could just go to the wedding. I was like, or I could, you know, uh, make a whole event of the week. And so I had bought tickets for Corinne Bailey Ray in Santa Barbara that week. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's going to be right before. So, you know, I can go from Santa Barbara to then. And then I also was like, well, I do have my goal of trying to get to all the California national parks this year. 
or knocking off the other ones that I hadn't. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can go earlier that week and just, you know, travel down. And so that's how, <laughs> that's how I ended up packing in all these things. Um, but the original focal point of the week was the wedding. And it was beautiful. I am that person that loves love. I can watch the same romantic films over and over and over and over and still feel butterflies and still feel warm and fuzzy and still feel excited. I am that person that watches, I must admit, Lifetime and Hallmark Christmas films, you know, they, it's, it's not about the quality, it's about the feeling, okay? And they're actually getting better over the years, you know, but that's a whole nother podcast. We'll talk about that, you know, in, during that time. (laughs) Um, But this experience of this wedding was beautiful. I mean, first off, you know how couples oftentimes do hashtags now. So the hashtag was the Smith experience. And it was that because there were three events um, surrounding the nuptials. There was the main wedding and reception. And then there was an after party. And then there was a a jumping the broom foot washing ceremony and a joint barbecue pool party. (laughs) So it was a couple of days filled with a lot of fun, (laughs) tons of sun. And the resort that we stayed at was uh, or is their favorite kind of getaway spot from LA. So Palm Desert is like two hours away from LA well on a good day when it's not traffic and um it was such a beautiful resort and this place is hot like uh, it I think the height or the highest temperature when I was there was like 114 uh degrees and that's Fahrenheit I do not know what that is in Celsius and I know that I have a lot of listeners (laughs) who um, are Celsius folks. So I don't know what that is, y'all. But it's hot. It's hot, okay? Um, It's probably, I don't know, maybe like 36, 37 degrees Celsius. Uh, I don't know. But um, nonetheless, I was in the pool most of the time. Um, Had a beautiful gym, so I worked out. That was lovely. Um, Had a great restaurant, great concierge service. And I had a book with me, so I was reading. And it just felt like an ode to love, an ode to joy, an ode to personal freedom, um, an ode to ease. Like, that is what I got from that experience. I was there from four days. Um, I loved the room. I loved the bathroom. I love being at the pool and they had people coming by asking if you want something to drink and they had a little cart and they were making drinks on the spot. <laughs> you know, so it it felt like Vegas without the madness. Um all the the resort is built in like group hub kind of villa style. So like five villas or casitas as they're called um are like five or six maybe seven are grouped together and then each group has like its own pool um but then there's also a main pool i didn't go to the main pool because i don't want to be around people like that um because i was already gonna be around people you know at the wedding so it was just nice to have like that privacy nice to just stand up in the pool and read my book um it was it was just lovely and i just didn't have to worry about nothing you know and i don't usually have to worry about nothing but i was just so present so in tune it just felt so good to be in the cold water but then have the sun on my face 
Um, you know, I'd had my my cute summer clothes and that was just lovely, you know, when you love what you're wearing too, that feels good. And to be able to have, you know, the special service, that felt good. And go to this beautiful estate that my friend got married on. Oh my gosh, it was absolutely gorgeous. And I am one for botanical gardens. And let me tell you, if I didn't tell you it was a house, you know, you would think that the front lawn was part of a botanical garden. Like it was just absolutely amazing. It was absolutely amazing um, hearing their vows and seeing them just be so playful and loving with each other and all their friends and family just, you know, dancing and having fun and it was just so much love. It was so much love. The after party, you know, I'm a dancer. I'm a dancer. You're not going to see me dancing because I'd be in the corner minding my business. You know, um, I'm just glad I didn't go to school during time with like smartphones because, you know, it just, it just, it would have just, things would have been posted. Nonetheless, I still gets it in. My knees still work. And, you know, she was twerking like she was still 19. And it was, it was fun times. It was fun times. Um, I enjoyed myself. I love dancing. Now, I'm really chalking this up to the fact that I've been super active for the last... <laughs> four months or so but listen i danced nonstop for three hours now, let me tell you when i was younger i could probably go a good five six hours legit non-stop dancing just stopping to go to the bathroom maybe drinking water every you know 45 minutes or so but i used to dance non-stop so it felt good I mean, I, I danced for like a good three hours. I was like, whew, I'm good. I'm ready to go to bed. It's 12 o'clock. All right. Um, but it just felt good. It felt good to just move my body that much. It felt good to not have a care in the world. It felt good to just express myself and just feel the music. You know, once I don't know the songs, I'm like, okay, it's <laughs> it's time for me to go. Um, but it just it just felt like, the personal freedom, like liberation, you know, um, witnessing their love, their vows, their respect, their admiration for each other, their, the regard that they have for each other and each other's families, that felt um, not only like exciting because I love that from my friend and anyone who is in a healthy love, but it also felt like healing, you know. Um, for me, I am not married one, uh, but two, there's just something that happened for me once my grandfather and mother died. So like once my mother died, that just kind of created this like kind of love void. Um, and for some years, you know, I had the, the orphan thing going on. I had to like work through that. Um, but it, it's a very unique experience to be young enough in the world to not have parents, you know, um, and if you actually had a relationship with your parents and you actually experienced love for them to be gone, it it does a thing. I don't know. It, it did a thing for me. And when I talk to other people, it does a thing. I don't think that losing your parents once you're older gives it any less value, but I, I do think it's different. I, I do think it's different. And, you know, the younger you are, depending on the stage of development you're in, it could be impactful, like very impactful, you know? And so all that to say, being able to just witness their love, the love from their families, not only with them, but with each other, right? Like her family with him and his family, his family with her and her family. 
it it just felt healing. It felt restorative. It gave me um, some hope. It gave me some joy. It, it, it gave me a lot, you know. And so I think the notion of just having dedicated uninterrupted time with the elements, me being in the water because of the pool, me getting the sun, you know, um, me being able to like see all this beautiful uh, floor because of the gardens. Like, I think it just, it was such a, a nurturing sensory experience that it, it felt like I got so much more than expected. I, I experienced the world through my senses. And so being able to witness love and to witness joy and create joy and um, sit in the gratitude of the privilege that I have to take off time, to go to this place, to stay at this place, to pay for this place, to even have a friend to support. Um, that is what connected me to the notion of personal freedom, that I've got a chance to really live the life that I've wanted to live. Um, and it's not something that a lot of people get to do. And I am aware of that. And I've had a friend um, recently really bring that to, to, to the forefront of my mind, right? Like I know that I talk a lot about freedom and ease and all this stuff, but I don't acknowledge my privilege enough, you know, in the sense of, I do not have a husband. I do not have a child. I am not responsible for anyone. I am like a sister mother, <laughs> but like, I do not have like direct children. Um, you know, I have been able to live in comfort because of inheritance. Um, I've been able to live in comfort because of steps that both of my parents took to make sure that I was comfortable after they left, you know. So I don't have a lot of the same stressors that um, my peers have. And it is important for me to acknowledge that. Um, and yet it still doesn't take away from the fact that I have uh, leveraged those things to be able to uh, live the life that I want. Because even without those things, I was already living this life, <laughs> to be to be quite honest. Like, you know, when my parents were around and I didn't have these extra things, like I am that person that I was like, well, I'm going to live with six other people so I keep my rent down and I can save money to travel. Well, I'm going to have a used car with no, um, you know, uh, what's that called? No car payment so that I can use extra money to save or do certain experiences with, you know. So it just allowed me to get to the next level of being able to experience, uh, experience these pleasures. But I am... I'm grateful. I'm I'm so grateful because I think this trip also was just a reminder that it's important to take a step back to look at the life that you've created um, or the life that you fostered or the life that you've shaped because we can ask for things. We could have express desire for things. We can express the want to be able to experience certain things in our life. And those things could be present. And we, if we're not still enough to acknowledge them, we could still be in a place of wanting and longing without realizing like, yo, you already got what you wanted. <laughs> So what, what, what is it more that you want, you know? And I think that that's important, right? Like for me, I'm like, okay, I want to create um, a location independent lifestyle where I can go where I want, do what I want. Um, I want to teach. I want to train. I want to travel. I want to, you know, speak. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to experience peace. I want to experience joy. I want to experience freedom. I want to be able to laugh. I want to be able to have amazing food experiences. Like I've, I've 
said all these things over the years and this trip was really just kind of like a mirroring experience for me like look at tiffany this is this is the life that you said that you wanted like you you have it for a large part like you may not have every single thing but like the essence of what you wanted you have and so it just goes back to the importance of gratitude and being able to sit in what's there and um I'm I'm super grateful. Um, it was really an amazing experience. I definitely have to do a part two because I have so much more to share. Um, but some things I want to take away. I, I hope that you can take away um, the notion of revisiting um, disaster or destruction as an opportunity for like growth and expansion in your life. Um, the importance of gratitude, the importance of uh, taking assessment of your life to pay attention to the things that you asked for or wanted or prayed for or tried to manifest and, you know, assess if they're actually present. And also to really think about the values that matter to you and the ways that they show up in life, right? Like for me, love is important. Joy is important. Exploration is important. Um, freedom is important. And <clears throat> I really got to like experience that, you know, when I was in Palm Springs and throughout my trip, right? But those values came up for me when I was doing reflection. So that's all y'all please 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 make sure that you share this um my viewership is is expanding and i'm doing limited marketing so i need to like get on it but please share this with someone if it added value to you and uh yeah until next time Well, y'all, that's the end of today's episode. I hope that you got something from it. Thank you so much for your support. Please make sure to like, follow, subscribe, share this with a friend. I am accessible via my website, www.livethebelife.com. You can feel free to shoot me an email. If you want to subscribe to my newsletter, I send out newsletters once or twice a month. I'm on Instagram and Twitter handle at the the underscore be underscore life also have a facebook page all my products are available online on amazon but they're also listed on my website hope that you move forward in your day in your week feeling connected to yourself and grounded hope that you just stay aware of the shifts that are going on within and around you because they're always happening. Don't forget, seek to shift, seek to grow, seek to be you. Until next time, be well.